Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you sick and tired of high electricity bills? Anywhere from $200 per month or higher? Do you own a home or business and have been looking for a reputable solar company to give you a no-pressure-free quote? Well, contact Ethical Solar Solutions today and see why hundreds of people are saving thousands of dollars every year making the switch to solar without spending a dime out of pocket. Get your obligation-free quote today. In this episode, I sit down with Brazilian UFC fighter Nicholas Mota, and he shares his epic journey to the UFC from moving to Rio at 18 years old with his best friend and no money living out of a sketchy church to receiving the call that he made it to the UFC. This is his story. We are back. Welcome back to Get Lost with Nick Hefke. We are here with an absolute legend straight from Brazil, UFC fighter Nicholas Mota. Nicholas, please introduce yourself, brother, and I'll let you go from there. What's up, guys? My name is Nicholas Mota. I'm, I'm from Brazil, from the state of Minas Gerais in Brazil, and I'm UFC fighter. I moved to America five years ago. And I met Nikki in Rio when I was there in December. Yeah. December, January. Yeah. Yep. So how we got introduced was absolutely awesome. As you guys already know, I was training with the legend Jesus over at Nova Union in Rio de Janeiro. And lo and behold, Jesus and Nicholas came from the same city and state in Brazil and they had started a friendship well prior to meeting over in Nova Union. So, Nicholas, talk to me a little bit about how that friendship came together, what it was like growing up over in your home state, how you got involved in martial arts, and how the hell you've made it to the UFC already living in fucking Las Vegas. I'll let you go from there. So, I started pretty young. Pretty young. And me and Felipe, Felipe Jesus, Jesus is his nickname because <laughs> growing up when we used to be kids, he had some flip-flops that, <laughs> that used to look like Jesus flip-flops. And I started early. I did some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I did Muay Thai and kickboxing, but I fall in love with kickboxing because it was way more action. Sometimes Jiu-Jitsu, I thought it like, oh, that was boring. Then I like to striking to do striking and i fought a lot and compete on kickboxing and kickboxing when i was a teenager and when i was 18 i i already i already knew that i want to be a pro and before i used to thinking about to to try to fight on k1 you remember k1 in japan oh yeah dude i got a lot of buddies who fought for k1 yeah and yeah. i used to want to be a kickboxer and I, I I even thought about to like move to Europe to to Netherlands because kickboxing was so strong over there Amsterdam Amsterdam Holland but when I turned 18 and I finished school I want to be a pro so I moved to Rio because 
I saw that the sport that was growing a lot was MMA and kickboxing wasn't like so popular and guys who guys who aren't making good money only by fighting kickboxing. So I decided that I, I, I should go to MMA if I want to be a pro. And I remember I researched on the internet about Nova Union in Rio. And I'm looking like, wait, well, I look on Sherdog, the team. I'm like, oh, that guy fights in UFC. Oh, that guy, Jose Aldo, UFC champion. Oh, the other guy fighting in Japan. Like so many big names and legends of the sport. Then I moved to Rio and at first was like, damn, bro. I, I used to look and I see all those killers, all like legends, real legends. And that's where I grew I grew up. I love it, dude. That is sick. So, so you're looking at your future. You're saying to yourself, all right, dude, I know exactly what it is that I want to do. Now I've got to start creating a path at how I'm actually going to go and achieve that. So talk to me a little bit about some of the past fights that you had over in Brazil that got you to the point where it's like, okay, now it's time that I'm going to start leveling up and going to a very large and mainstream gym like Nova Union, where you're going to be training under the likes of guys like Dede Padernas and Leandro Santos and Jose Aldo and, and Rafael Dos Anjos and some of the other legends absolutely killing it over there. So talk to me a little bit more about some of your past fights and how that journey led up to the point of, all right, fuck it, I'm going to Rio and I'm about to train out there. Exactly. I, I, I thought like I'm going to put all in. I'm going to battle myself. I still do. And I did put all in and we moved to Rio. And to be training against like great guys or to be training around great guys like that, that makes you learn so fast. You think that because if we if we stay on the comfortable zone at home, we we never learn so much like that. We something that would take me like months to learn. I would learn in a week around those guys. So wow. I think it was a good a good idea to to do to do that. And I did that. I had that plan. Like, man, I'm going to go to Rio and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And it doesn't matter if I have to make a lot of sacrifice, if if life gets hard. And in my hometown, I, I have a pretty comfortable life and I could I could have went to college or something like that and be comfortable with my family. But I, I, I dream so, so badly about being a UFC fighter and I... I did that plan, and in 2015, after two and a half years, I was just 21 years old. I was on the Ultimate Fight in Vegas. I was like, <laughs> I saw something on the internet, like, after the, the tough tryouts, they say, like, oh, some of the best fighters from Brazil, they they, they add the tough tryouts, and guys, like, and they say some some names, and they say, like, Raonie, Philippe Frois, and they say Nicolas Mott, and I'm like, whoa. I'm one of the best of in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah dude. So, so I, Nicholas, dude, talk to me about the ultimate fighter. That is so sick, man. How the fuck did that all come together? Oh, that phone call is crazy, man. Fuck, dude, I can imagine. Like, That's so sick. Unbelievable. I saw the other day my friend Vince Pichel. He fights in UFC for 11 years already. And he, he, was, he, he first got signed by Tough. 
and he said it was the same thing. He was about almost quitting fighting, and they called him. It was like changed his life. Wow. So tough, tough actually changed my life. I had a very hard fight to to get in the house because to in the first toughs because they didn't have a big roost they didn't have so many fighters UFC at first you just would go straight to the house but now because there are so many fighters first you have to fight against someone then if you win you go to the house oh shit okay my first fight was a very tough fight like <laughs> And uh, I used to fight 145, and the guy that I fought, he used to fight 170. He was so jacked, like his chin was like oh that, and like veins and muscles. And I thought it like that. I thought, man, I got to win that fight because that fight's going to change my life. And I think because of tough and my history in fighting, that's why I was able to move to America and to apply to, to be a permanent resident, and I, I am right now. And I believe that in the future, I'm going to be a citizen, too. You will, brother. You will, man. You got this, dude. I, I know you got this. But so, I mean, walk me through how all that came together. I mean, permanent residency. I mean, Brazilian coming over, PR, you know, making it to one of the top organizations and fighting. I mean, Nicholas, that's fucking badass. Like, how how are you able to essentially create a path in order to do that? I mean, what were some areas within your journey that were some examples? For example, like the Ultimate Fighter or moving over to Rio de Janeiro to attack a dream. I mean, what would be some advice and walk me through some of the craziest, you know, experiences that you had throughout this journey that allowed you to get to where you're at today yeah there's so many histories and so many crazy experience but like i think everything was like i made a plan and did execute it but like even if we make a plan never it's gonna go exactly the way no we, we planned <laughs> just like when i moved to rio i had a plan to be undefeated and go to Bellator or ufc or something like that and I lost like on my third fight, and no. I remember of me crying like fuck. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna go to UFC anymore. I lost. Then Tyler Slates, you know Tyler Slates. Yeah, he was in the locker room, and Tyler Slates is a legend too of, yep. of the sport. And he's like, man, everybody he lost already. <laughs> yeah, like come on, dude. Like it's part yeah. of the experience. Like it happens. Yeah. Then then I bounced back. Then I got on the Ultimate Fighter. Then I, I I I lost in the ultimate fight for the guy that was the champion, and I didn't got signed because you had to make almost to the finals to get signed, and I, I fought him the first fight inside the house, and I I I, I lost and I, man was I I I got so mad and I'm like fuck ah. I can't believe that I'm gonna go back fighting Brazil anymore. I don't want to find small promotions anymore. Then <laughs> I still did a couple fights. Then I decided to move to... Then I did a couple fights, then I lost one fight. Then when I lost, I'm like, man, I, I can't be doing this because sometimes if you if you are in Brazil and other countries, you have like to get... take so long to, to get signed by a big promotion. And I always saw some American guys that Sometimes the guy would do his debut, his pro debut in Bellator. To fight in Bellator, living in other countries, so hard. 
and you can just do, do your debut there. And so I, I made a new plan that was come to America. But it wasn't easy because it was almost like I had to start from zero again when I came to America. So I want to just reverse a little bit more into you going into Rio, okay? Walk me through of what that plan all looked like. For example, when you were in your home city, were you like, you know what? I'm just going to book a one-way to Rio, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to try and make it all happen with the limited amount of money that I had. Or were you getting invited and had things all paved out for you and taken care of prior to going there? No. I, I made my own path. Like, I... I I, I talked with someone from the team on the internet and I he, he was like he was one of the oldest guys in the team yep and, and Marlon Sandro his name then then he talked with Andre Pedernero for me then we got there and Andre Pedernero was super nice and Andre Pedernero looking look forward about me and Felipe because he said the best thing you guys have is all guys of you guys are very young. We both 18 years old. And he said, you guys have a big chance to wow. make a lot of money one day. <laughs> I love it, dude. So 18 years old, you move over literally across the country with your best friend. I mean, Nicholas, how much money did you have at that point in time? I mean, when I was 18, I was broke as fuck. Were you in that same? You were broke as well. So, okay. So we you go to, so you decided to still make the decision to go and gamble on yourself and gamble on, hey, look, I'm going to make a decision where I'm going to go and take a dive into the deep end and dive into the unknown, and I'm just going to see exactly what's going to happen and have faith that everything is going to work out. Now, that's a focal part of this podcast is trying to get people outside of their comfort zone to try and attack or at least go towards a path of something that they've always wished that they could do, but maybe never had the balls in order to do or was a little stage fright or just kind of a little too comfort comfortable in their comfort zone. So what could be some advice that you could give another 18-year-old who might be in the north of Brazil somewhere or in a small little village somewhere across Brazil who maybe doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have a lot of support, and is has this inner feeling and this gut instinct that if they were to make a significant choice of I'm going to move to Rio and throw all my eggs into the basket and become a professional fighter, what could be some advice that you give them for them to make the game-changing decision to pull the trigger and try? I think it's all about, like, discipline. This, like, discipline because you have, like, to... I'm, uh, if I'm, I'm going to say sacrifice yourself because, like, yeah, you, you have, like, sometimes you have to choose, like, to work hard, over partying hard, and and try to do the right things, and try. Yeah, I think I think you have to believe. I never saw it as a gamble. I I love it so much the the sport, and I believe in myself so much. And I just say like I'm gonna do whatever that 
like just like I said in the beginning, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And I, I can give an example. I have a friend that he he always been one of the best fighters in UFC, Edson Barboza. He okay, dude. I was I was I was telling him one day, oh, I have this friend. He's he's a very talented kid. He's just a little bit lazy, and Edson <laughs> say, I don't. Be, Edson say, I don't believe in talent, and Edson say, I'm not talent, man. I just like work hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. So, so okay. Now, I, I I want a little context in regards to you show up to Rio. You've got how much in your bank account? And what's the next step forward? Like from showing up to, okay, now I've got to find a job or find an apartment or get myself situated. How did that all come together? Like walk me through that. Did any, any Felipe, we didn't even have like a house to live. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what happened? What, so what went from there? Okay, like Felipe, you know he he's he's a devil, but his father <laughs> yeah. like a, is a pesto. You know pesto, like <laughs> does that know, mean legend in English? No, pesto is like who has a church and oh pastor. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Then, then we say we want to go to Rio, and he say, oh, I have a friend that he has a church in the in the central central of Rio. You know, like. <laughs> The name like the downtown, downtown Rio. Gotcha. Okay. But that downtown Rio sometimes are ugly as fuck, right? Yeah, dude. It's fucking sketchy too. Like. Yeah. Then <laughs> yeah. One, time, one time, Felipe almost got robbed. He had. To oh run. my god. <laughs> yeah, dude. I almost got robbed there too. I was fucking walk. Look at me. I think I was wearing the same shirt there as well. I was looking for like. A, a psychiatrist that I found on Google because I'm like shit, man. I gotta, I gotta find a psychiatrist here in Brazil because I want the ones in the U.S. aren't accepting or at least seeing patients because of COVID. And dude, it was in downtown, and I mean the stairs that I was getting, and you know I was wearing my headphones and shit too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Uber, get me the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, so, go ahead. so at first. When we move from our hometown to Rio, because Jesus, Felipe, Jesus' father said he he had a friend that had a church in this there, and they had like up they had downstairs they have the church, and upstairs they had like uh, how I call wasn't a house, you know, like like an office, like a uh, oh, an office. office, and some little part of the office they have like a like single beds, but like was so like tiny and small place. Oh, it was so, so small. So how long did you guys stay there for? Um, I, I'm not sure, but like probably like maybe six months. Oh my God, dude. Fuck yeah. So you're living out of an office in some church in the center of Rio. You're Yo, eight- and what I was going to say was like, bro, when I first, because it was like, oh, let's go to Rio. You, you think Rio is something like beautiful. Then we got there <laughs> and that part was like, so it looks like the hood. I was like, what the fuck is that place? <laughs> yeah. But, fuck yeah, dude. But we just had to get used it. Like, right? 
But that's a sacrifice that you make in yeah. order to make your dream come true, right? I forgot to say something too, like, and it was like the church, and right at front had like a whole house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're staying at this church office right across from a brothel in Center Rio at 18 years old. And it's time to make the dream of becoming a professional fighter come true. You decided to say, you know what? I'm going to search for a better opportunity. I'm going to take action. My best friend and I, Felipe, Mr. Jesus and I are just going over to Rio. No exotic blueprint set plan but we are going to bet on ourselves and we're going to make it happen. And look where the two of you are today. Felipe is a trainer slash fucking Muay Thai fighter and MMA fighter at one of the top gyms in the fucking world right now. You're fighting in the fucking UFC over in the US. What would you tell 18-year-old Nicholas who was probably debating if it's a good idea or not to move to Rio and make that choice. What would you tell that 18-year-old Nicholas? Go to school. No, just kidding. <laughs> Quit fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I love it. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> what I would tell I would tell him like don't don't let the adversities like don't let the adversities make make you feel bad or like or like keep your head up always because I remember before in the past if something went wrong or if I lose some fight I would get so like I would get so depressed and like like be like fuck you so telling myself like fuck you dumb you fell and blah 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 and now i i see like all the times that something wrong happened or when i lost that was so important for me to learn and grow as a fighter as a person and i feel like now i'm more mature and i know how to deal with, with everything better and like they say doesn't matter what happens to you, but how you react. Frankie Edgar told me that one time. When I, I love it, dude. I love it. That's badass. That's badass. So, Nicholas, tell me a little bit more about what are some future aspirations that you have? I mean, you're in Vegas. You're in the UFC. You're, you know, you've got a super bright future ahead of you. What are some goals that you have, or what do you see happening moving forward? My goal now is to get ready. Like I had a little injury, then I'm I'm finish, finishing recovering, doing physical therapy every day. Then soon I want to start go back in camp and get a get a fight and get a win and make some money and start to build my name UFC and that's it and chase skills. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. He fucking legend. Well, Nicholas, we are just at that point. We're going to be wrapping it up. So, Nicholas, 
I ask every single person who comes onto the podcast one question, and that one question is, what is one thing that you would like to be remembered for? One thing that I would like to be remembered for? In fight or in everything? like In general. Man, that's hard. That's a hard question. <laughs> Give you some time to think about it. Mm. Yeah, I think I would like to be remembered, like, not just as a fighter, but as a person. Like, I, I, I know, like, I, I'm a fighter. They have a lot of heart, but especially nowadays, heart's not, heart's not everything. It's, it's important to have brain. Yeah. So that's not what I want to be remembered. Some guy that has a good brain and <laughs> and a lot of heart. I love it, brother. Well, Nicholas, I couldn't thank you enough for coming on. I can't wait to have you again on or have you on again in the future. You are an absolute fucking legend. I can't wait to go and travel somewhere crazy. I keep trying to get you to come out to Mexico. Playa del Carmen, Tulum, the Yucatan is calling your name. I could feel it, and we need to go and do something stupid. I've got a three's birthday coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Get Lost with Nick Hefty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with all your friends and make sure to tune back next week where we have another epic episode for you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.